forceful measures that we as a country are taking to control the spread of the virus have brought much of the economy to an abrupt halt. Many businesses have closed. People have been asked to stay home. Your money, your money is on the line, is on the line. Money talks, money talks is on the air. We're back. Money talks, your trusted resource for your money, your future, your life. I'm Troy Harmon here with Casey Smith. That is K period C period Smith. Or as I'm sometimes called Nick. <laughs> it could be worse. How do you know I wasn't referring <laughs> could be worse. to Justin? My grandmother doesn't call me by the way. So you all have that in common. Yeah. That's, well, that's great. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure where you're going with this, but, uh, you know, I, I'm not as old as I act. How about that? Maybe. We'll go with that. Uh, the other voice you hear is Justin Wagner. And we got a couple, uh, Peter and Beverly. They're in their early 60s. Um Beverly recently was listening to a motivational speaker about failing in retirement. Is there really such a thing? Uh, she brought the conversation home to Peter, and he had a much different take. He became concerned at how seniors can actually fail at retirement financially. He and Beverly then started looking at their plan as uh, retirement is within five to seven years. I guess if you're early 60s, that makes sense. Um, what failure points should they watch out for now i'm going to leave this to uh nick uh, nick listen to me justin i i work with nick all the time all day so, you know you've Every heard him day. on the radio uh i'm gonna leave it to casey and justin and uh guys uh there's there's quite a few other issues uh that you might want to consider i'll read a couple of them off and then i'll get out of your way uh using uh, or assuming you have what you see in your account balance um there's a few issues there uh divorce Adult children, all these, uh, your adult children should be. They should be off the payroll by then. They should be helping you succeed in retirement, (laughs) but sometimes it goes the other way. Second and third homes, uh, under uh, under living your wealth. Um, Health care, that's a big one. Uh, Starting a new business, elder fraud. Wow, that is a horrid subject, but man, does it ever happen. Mm, So, uh, guys. What do you think about some of those? Well, we were just talking a little bit off the air, and Justin was saying, you know, how often he runs into participants in some of the plans that that he works with that, you know, are wanting to retire or or actually do retire, and they've really done no planning or very little planning. Got the cart before the horse or didn't even buy a horse. (laughs) Exactly. Which, which by the way, I mean, kudos to them that they're looking at this five to seven years out as opposed to, you know, yeah. six months out. Exactly. This, that's, yeah. 20 that's years plus. out would be better, well, obviously. True. The earlier you begin, but, the better. But planning before you retire is absolutely a necessity. Fail to prepare, prepare to fail. Yeah. And that's true here. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, that's what we get paid to do every day is to help people figure out whether they can retire, how much it's going to take, you know, in terms of assets. And then also all those those kind of uh, ancillary points that, that Troy brought up, which are very relevant to the discussion, but most people don't think about those things. You know, you, you don't assume that your adult children are going to be needing some assistance when you retire or that, yeah. you know, you have, maybe you have a second home and you haven't thought about that that can actually be a more of a hindrance than a help in terms of keeping the expenses and everything. Well, it is home. another household with all the expenses, right? No question. Right. I mean, yeah. and you can, you can sometimes profit from that, but oftentimes, you know, unless you're Using it as a source of income and rental property, things like that, then, uh, you know, a lot of times 
the return on that is not any better than maybe cash or bonds or something very, very minimal. So yeah. um, there, there's a lot of considerations. I mean, one of the things that I wanted to bring up, uh, there's this concept called the sequence of return risk, which is not something that Troy mentioned. But uh, what that means is essentially that... You got pointy-headed on us, didn't you? Uh, yes, I did. Uh, <laughs> I like to do that from time to time. <laughs> well, hey, uh, I'm there with you, but not everybody likes it. So what, what that essentially means is that you get poorer than expected investment returns in the early years after you retire. And that's not something you can predict or plan for necessarily. What we do to mitigate that risk is the 10-year rule. So right. obviously... It doesn't really matter what kind of equity returns happen during the early years of retirement uh, because you have a bucket of money that's in fixed investments that you're going to spend down first before you touch your equities. And that allows those equities to recover if you do get poor returns in the early years of retirement. So that's kind of a big one that a lot of people don't think about. Casey, um, let's talk a little more about that. If if I were going to do a 10-year rule, what do I need to know? We need to know your cash flows, projected yeah. cash flows. How much do I spend? Yeah. What do you spend? What you is said your projected, so projected. it's not just what has happened. Right. I mean, it's it's what do you think your cash flows are going to be? You know, you, you've got probably some sources of income in retirement. You've got your you know, possibly Social Security, maybe a pension. Maybe you've got uh, investment portfolio income from a taxable account that's generating some some cash flow for you, and then also your retirement account withdrawals. Sure. Uh, and so all of those things would be sources of income, and then whatever your spending is, if you're spending more than that income in a given year, then that's what we call a liquidity need. So at yeah. that point, you need to carve off that chunk of cash that you need in that year, put that in your fixed income bucket, and ladder those fixed income securities out for 10 years. Yeah, so that they mature at the point at which you're going to need them, right? Ideally, yeah, that's the yeah. that's the concept. So, so it was things you got to consider uh, when you start projecting anything. Um how much are your costs going to increase? And we're right. talking a lot about inflation, inflation these days. So, yeah, um, hot topic. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, we had inflation at 5% um, just last month. Yeah. That was the measure. Yeah. Uh, it, I mean, the long-term average is 35 You think there's any reason to consider more, maybe? Possibly. I mean, we, we run our projections assuming 4.6% inflation. And, you know, up until recently, people would look at us like we got three heads when we say 4.6%. And they think it's insanely high. But, you know, go look, yeah. go to a restaurant and, and tell me if you notice anything on the menu prices there. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Casey, we were going through kind of the details of the 10-year rule. You said, um, you know, knowing what your uh, expenses and your income is, you started with income. Uh, yeah. The expenses are a little harder to to know uh, quite often by the time you get to uh, retirement age, your your income is somewhat set. If you've saved money now, you know, you can have good years in the stock market. A string of good years would be awesome, as we all know. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, just the opposite, as you've already noted, um, might be one of the pitfalls to, to try to avoid. Um, but it's uh, how do you do anything with that except for the 10 year rule? So right. in the 10 year rule, you said, uh, you know, income is is somewhat uh, standardized, easy, probably the easiest piece. Yeah, right? income is relatively straightforward for the most part. But the, the expenses, I mean, f few people know what they spend. Uh, you know, you'd be surprised that, that most people don't have any clue what their expenses are other than maybe everything that they're not saving is 
assumed to be spent. So yeah, and if you don't know what you spent yesterday, how about tomorrow? Right. Yeah. So yeah. And that's, then that's where you project it from. We project it from today forward, and then you look at you know. But you use you you let the history inform you. Right, and yeah. that's where we get the the inflation figures that we use, and and typically four point six percent is the number that we kind of start with, which is historical average. If you go all the way back to what nineteen twenty six, I believe. Yeah. Um, 25 but. and exclude the deflationary periods during like the de- right after the depression or during the depression and uh sometime usually de- <laughs> when you've got deflation you've also got really bad market exactly economics. exactly yeah. so in any case that that is where we arrive at that inflation figure but it's hard to know and with the cost of of goods rising right now inflation is a hot topic it does seem to be in the news every day sure um and one of the min- items you mentioned earlier healthcare. you know that's oh, going to yeah. be a major cost for a lot of people in retirement and what is the inflation factor on healthcare? Uh, who knows i mean it's anyone's guess and probably depends a lot on what's going on in washington and uh, you know how much you can expect to to pay for medical care and drugs and those kind of things as you as sure. you age. So, um, yeah, that's one of the highest uh, areas of inflation historically. Yeah, right up there with education. Education's mm-hmm. another, education. and that might yeah. come in. You know, we had talked already about helping adult children, right, um, or grandchildren. Know. Maybe you're helping could, pay for college and things be. like that. Yep. And you could know, be. Those, those costs are all important, and inflation drives a yeah, lot that's, of that. That's actually a pretty easy one to uh, manage. We all know that uh, you can borrow for education, but you cannot borrow to retire. Exactly. Yeah, so um, any other details here? Um, you know, now there's some others that you mentioned uh, underliving your wealth. A lot of people are more concerned about outliving their wealth, which is kind of what we deal with more often. But it's, I've run into more cases recently where people are concerned about kind of underliving their wealth, meaning that maybe they're not taking advantage or living the lifestyle that they could be living and yeah. they're going to end up passing away with maybe they've got more money than they want to when they die and they're potentially estate tax issues or talking about setting up their children to fail in terms of not being able to be productive members of society because they inherit too much money. And so that's a concern that is I'm, I'm hearing more frequently uh, these days, it seems, which is I guess a good thing. People are concerned about underliving their wealth, but yeah. it's it's still a valid concern for sure. Right. Uh, another one, you know, sometimes a, a personal retirement think, well, I've got all this time on my hands. Why don't I start a new business? They bring on a lot of risk. Yeah, absolutely. When they when they start a new business in retirement, obviously, uh, there's questionability of income. Mm-hmm. Uh, expenses increase just to get the business rolling. Um, you know, there's there's uh, various things you have to to uh, consider. Now, there's one thing that we kind of skipped over, Casey, and that is when I get my 401k balance. Oh, good good point. So yeah. I'm glad you brought this one up because we talk about this all the time. We do. Yeah, if you look at the balance of your 401k statement, let's say you have a million dollars in your 401k. Let's just say that. Do you really have a million dollars in your 401k? Nope. Not after taxes, right? And yep. all of that money will be taxed before it gets in your hands spendable. Right, exactly. So that a lot of times is a, uh, you know, people misjudge how much wealth they have. And if you're thinking about how much you need to retire and you think maybe it's a million dollars or $2 million, whatever the number is, and you reach that point in your 401k, I'm sure you run into this, Justin, people, they have this magic bogey in their head that they mm-hmm. have to hit and they want to be right. at this number and then they're going to retire well in reality depending on what your tax bracket is and and the more money you have in those retirement accounts and pulling money out that's going to increase your tax bracket so 
you could turn a million dollars into 500 grand pretty quick or close yeah, to it. Yeah, I mean, what would it take? <laughs> Not much. I mean, you withdraw it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and and yeah. a huge chunk goes away. And if that's one of your only sources or, or the majority of your assets are in a tax-deferred retirement account like a 401k, IRA, what have you, then that's a substantial risk, um, you know, because who knows what tax rates will be 10, 20 years from now. Yeah. Or well, that's year. why it's really important if your plan offers it, try and utilize the Roth option as well if you have that, because that can make sense in a lot of situations. Yeah, we, we like to see clients be diversified between, you know, tax deferred, like traditional 401k, traditional mm-hmm. IRA, Roth, which would yeah. be theoretically tax free. And we'll get into that. Here in, uh, you know, a bit, so but. many investors hear about diversifying investments, diverse, diversifying risk all the time, but no one talks about tax liability. Yeah, yeah, and the that type is of account a huge that you deal. use to yeah. to save for. And if retirement. you're going to retire a little bit earlier, you know, before you're 59 and a half, you know, maybe right. that's a, a another question that we get mm-hmm. sometimes where people have the means to retire, but all the assets are in, you know, an IRA account, tax deferred, and yeah. uh, maybe they're 55. Well, if you got all your money in a 401k and you're 55, maybe you should leave it in the 401k because mm-hmm. you wouldn't be penalized when you take it out if you separate service. In yeah, what is it, 10% plus tax? Yeah, whereas if you if yep. it's in an IRA, then you would be penalized if you take it out. That You'd have to pay that 10% penalty. If you had left it in the 401k and you're 57 and you separate service, then you can withdraw those funds without penalty. Right. You still have to pay the tax, but that 10% adds up. Yeah. You know, yeah. W- one thing we mentioned earlier talking about interest rates and and whatnot. There are so many participants that get closer to retirement within a 401k plan they think, "Okay, I'm going to start moving everything to cash." Yeah. Right? Yeah. And especially in in this environment where we're seeing interest rates move up so much, that cash not only is it earning you nothing, you're losing money over time. Yeah. Yeah. The Purchasing value power. of that money is eroding. And that's why I think it's so important when you get to at least that 10-year number to start talking with a, a certified financial planner like KC to really start mapping out what does my allocation need to look like the next 5, 10, 15 years. Well, that's True. why we, we use that laddered approach with the 10-year rule. We're, we're you know, in theory, in a, in a normal interest rate environment with the yield curve upward sloping, as Troy's talked about before, you get more yield on bonds typically when the further out you go on the right. curve. So, you know, 10 year bond should pay more than a one year bond. Yeah. Unfortunately, almost all fixed income investments these days are not achieving enough to overcome right. inflation. Right. Uh, but it's still a whole lot better than leaving your money in a cash in account cash. or having, I mean, Justin, you, you talk about this one, one way you can fail before you get to retirement and is leaving your 401k assets in, in cash sitting on the sidelines for side far too long yeah right? yeah how long if you know that you're not ready to retire leave the money right well, invest it the, because the, guess what you're going to get to retirement have to reinvest that money mm-hmm. to earn income anyway yeah. right right yeah and i mean that, that's kind of the the reverse or i mean still the concept of the 10 year rule but the, the part that we don't talk about is often we're always talking about protecting the money for the next 10 years well the other piece of that is the money you don't need in the next 10 years that should be in the market has to go. That's, that's be, where you're going right. to get your returns you can be too conservative and that For also sure. comes exactly into right. play a lot of times you you find uh, individuals with uh, substantial wealth mm-hmm. and in reality they're investing for the next generation mm-hmm. so if you're really conservative you're probably not taking enough risk there right so it can go both ways i mean i wouldn't call that necessarily a failure um but it's still not Pit, the most efficient yeah, yeah it's not definitely the most efficient use of uh of assets that you have at your disposal so um i guess um the only other one and it's a very modern concept is 
scams. Yeah. And they are, I mean. I see a lot of those with with annuities and older folks getting reached out to about, oh, this annuity gets you guaranteed this, guaranteed that. When someone ever, whenever someone says guarantee, be very careful. Yeah. Be very careful. No doubt. All right, guys. Well, let's take a real quick break. When we come back, we'll talk some more, answer some questions. How about that? You're listening to Money Talks, your trusted resource for your money, your future, and your life. They paid paradise and put up a fucking line. All material presented is from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decision and is not intended to replace the advice of qualified professionals, such as tax consultants, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in the Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products. <laughs> 